regularly making sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives dangerous to public health. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Algorithms, I don't know how they work, but they all do know how they work. The public has a right to know. That's the point that we're making, and we're dealing with a life or death issue here, and so everybody has a role to play in making sure there's accurate information. Did you hear what she said? She said everybody has a role to play in yeah. making sure there's accurate information. Which is us. That's right. <clears throat> uh, what do we have this week? We have some more Biden family malfeasance to bring you on Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. I'm your host, Stanley Hudson. Yeah, so uh, the House Oversight Committee shows that the Bidens received a million after China wired three million to a Biden associate, which I think a lot of this was discussed because I think that Tony Bobolinsky guy uh, either was involved or talked about this back right around the uh, election in 2020. So I'm just going to go straight to the House Oversight Committee's uh, message they released this evening. Let's see. <clears throat> Today, the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability issued a memorandum revealing new evidence resulting from the investigation into the Biden family's influence peddling and business schemes. Subpoenaed financial records show that from 2015 to 2017, Biden family members, Hunter Biden, James Biden, Haley Biden, and an unknown Biden, the big guy, I'm sure, <clears throat> 10%, and their companies collectively received $1.3 million in payments from accounts related to Bob Walker, a Biden family associate. Notably, on March 1st, 2017, less than two months after Vice President Joe Biden left public office, State Energy HK Limited, a Chinese company, wired $3 million to Rob Walker's company. The next day, the company wired $1,065,000 to a company associated with James Gillier, another Biden family associate. Afterwards, the Biden family received approximately, wow. <laughs> what a coincidence, $1,065,000 in payments over a three-month period in different bank accounts. From the bank records, it appears that the Biden family received approximately one-third of the money obtained from the China wire. Chairman James Comer from Kentucky issued the following statement on this new evidence of the Biden family's suspicious business transactions. Quote, Democrats described our subpoena as providing nothing more than records for Papa John's and Starbucks, but they failed to mention the records we, we received documenting the Biden family's business schemes. Over the course of several years, members of the Biden family and their companies received over $1.3 in payments from accounts related to their associate, Rob Walker. Most of this money came as a result of a wire from a Chinese energy company and went not only to Hunter and James Biden, but also to Haley Biden and an unknown Biden. It is unclear what services were pro provided to obtain this ex exorbitant amount of money. The Oversight Committee is concerned about the national security implications resulting from President Biden's family receiving millions of dollars from foreign nationals. We will continue to follow the money trail and facts to determine if President Biden is compromised by his family business schemes and if there's a national security threat. You don't have to spend the money it takes and the time to do that investigative work. I can tell you right now that uh, it absolutely does. So, but what the thing is, is what's going to happen? Nothing. He's not going to get impeached. It's going to get swept under the rug. I won't be swept yeah. under the rug. It's, it's, it's a big, I mean, going. because the Republicans are in control now, it's not going to get swept under the rug. That will they be able to hem him up on these actual legitimate uh, illegal activities uh, to the extent that they did Trump on, on trumped-up nonsense? Mm, probably not, but you got to realize this isn't necessary. I mean, the, the, should they have legal, legal repercussions? Should they pay for this? Absolutely. Um, will they pay in a tr traditional sense? Never. No. However, I mean, we're going into 2024, uh, election and so that that's this is one uh, of many angles that are taken because the, the more that the American people start to see how this this crooked money flowed that the people with a brain that have been paying attention knew this they already knew long ago that this was occurring which, back in the time frames that they're they're outlining what's which, your question which is good but the thing is they're still just going to do what they did in 2020. If they really want to win, they're not going to... Well, well, we'll get to that at the very end of the show. They're not going to give up power that easy just because of this kind of stuff. 
Oh, no, because the people that, that wield that power are collectively involved in... I mean, just like Arizona, you know, that whole state. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. And, and I'm not saying that I, I, I 100% disagree, but um, we're here for a reason, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I think that... Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll get to that specific thing at the, at the near the end of the show. I actually had some outlined for that. So, um, but yeah, the and the thing is with this, when you look at the <clears throat> messages on Hunter Biden's laptop, the text messages that have been revealed where he keeps begging Dad for money, yeah, well, but yet Joe Biden's name is nowhere in here, and, and an unnamed Biden. Mm-hmm. Come on, yeah, we know who it is. So, basically, um, I'm sorry. You ain't black. <laughs> I wish I was way faster. I'm just not. But if you were black, you would be. Wait, I don't get it. They run fast. Oh. <laughs> there is a rim shot on there somewhere, but I would take another 10 minutes to find it. So, um, yes, but that is the latest on the Biden family's corruption. Uh, we actually got somewhat of a full list tonight. We're back to our normal, uh, our, our normal amount ish the last few have been somewhat quick i had to edit them that's one reason why um but the biggest story from the week is the silicon valley bank so got a lot of messages about that stuff and people asking but dude i i can't even begin to pretend to to have a legitimate um thorough comprehension or understanding of how the banking world works that's why i work here uh so, so I mean, I think I kind of understand a little bit how they how they failed. So it's like, you know, go to the bank. You have twenty thousand dollars. You go to the bank. You want to pull out twenty thousand. Sure. You go to the bank. How much are you going to come back with? Max. You think? Oh, about five thousand. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have the rest of that money because because you know, the- your money is. When you deposit it, it goes to sure. other people's loans, right? All that kind of stuff. So then, when everybody goes to the bank and says, "Hey, we want our money back," yeah, because there was a run on this yeah. specific bank, so, and I don't know what triggered this run though. So, but like when this run happened, from what I can gather, is so the bank also takes your money and buys and inve- you know investments mm-hmm. and stuff. So then, to get your money back, they have to sell the investment short for you know, less than what they paid for it. So then they're giving you your money. Everybody, their money, they're selling their stuff for less than what they put into it. Eventually they run out of stuff to, you know, bonds or stocks to sell. Mm-hmm. And people still want their money because they had to short sell all the other stuff and never got the money in. Right, they, they didn't get 100% in. rate of yeah. return. And then... So, but now... This and that, that may not be... Well, that's that's a layman's explanation. Yeah. It... it it satisfies me. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. We're on Breitbart, by the way. Um, this had to have helped, right? Oh, yeah, uh, the fact they gave $70 million to... Failed Silicon Valley Bank gave left-wing causes over $70 million. Yeah, that didn't help. Uh, and so we've got a few stories about them back-to-back since this is such a hot topic because, like, I got a lot of messages about this. And the, and, and the reason I said what I said prior to your explanation there... Uh, uh, and I, I got that that basic rudimentary gist, like I I, I kind of comprehended that, but like when it comes like the finer nuances, you hear these talking heads breaking oh, yeah. down. I, I don't know nothing about none of that, but and they I think they were referencing spe- specific investments, but the 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 overall arching theme, like Silicon Valley, you know already by geographical location, this is stacked with lefties. Yeah. So uh, Silicon Valley Bank, whose collapse last week has triggered a global banking crisis, donated over $70 million to a variety of left-wing causes, but found itself unable to pay depositors in a cash crunch. <clears throat> As Breitbart News reported last week, SVB's donations were part of nearly $83 billion that left-wing groups receive from corporate America is documented by Claremont Institute database. Quote, as a point of reference, $82.9 billion is more than the GDP of 46 African countries. In 2022, the Ford Motor Company's profits were $23 billion. They also noted the sum of $82.9 million includes more than $123 million to the BLM parent organizations directly, as well as much more to other organizations supporting BLM's agenda. Yes. 
the list reveals that several popular corporations. It's, you say it's ridiculous. I think yeah. it's wonderful. I, you know, because the people that are that are, uh, <laughs> again, because the the, the location that all the people yeah, that are whose money, money is parked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, dude, so, you guys yeah. supported that. I love yeah. it. And meanwhile, the recipient of said money that that the crooked founder of BLM that had the multiple ma- mansions or however it was, dude, they're they're literally laughing all the way to the <laughs> bank. Well, now away from the bank, but but the thing is, it's still going to come back and get us because this bank's going to get bailed out. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, for sure. Even though they say yeah. we're not going to, you know, pay for it, yeah. we're going to pay for it. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. The list reveals that several popular corporations from a wide range of different industries supplied the movement with large sums of cash. Walmart, for an example, which is based in Arkansas, gave a whopping $100 million in support of BLM and related causes focusing on racial equity, which is rich considering they, they just closed the Walmart there and was yeah. it? Uh, Oregon or Portland somewhere? Yeah, right? I believe it was Portland. Yeah. Because of the, the violence. Well, yeah, and, the, and the, the theft. Yeah. But see, they weren't prosecuting people for petty, what they quote unquote petty theft. Is it what, under 500? They, they don't. It was between, I, I, it's, and somewhere out there it was 900. The oh threshold God. was $900. Walk in, grab a TV, and leave. For sure. <clears throat> Last year, Black Lives Matter suspended fundraising in several states after it failed to file required nonprofit reports. It has also faced questions about its leaders' lavish spending on real estate and other expenses. <clears throat> so they couldn't pay their depositors, but they could give. Yeah, it's a, so to expound upon what you, your explanation. Not only though did they they have bad investments that they had to sell short, they dumped boatloads yeah. of cash into idiotic like nothing, yeah, nonsensical BS causes. So, I mean, that that's what leftism would get you. But, wait, there's more. We're on the New York Post. Uh-oh. My computer's locking up here. I need an ad blocker. There we go. We're back in business. <clears throat> Obama officials, Hillary donors, improv actor, meet SVB's board of directors. And this is mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculousness right here, so... One is a Hillary Clinton mega donor who went to Shinto Shrine to pray for pray after Donald Trump won the White House. Another worked for President Barack Obama f- before her own political career spectacularly failed. A third is a prolific contributor to Democrats, including Nancy Pelosi, who owns a Napa Valley vineyard just 15 minutes from the former House Speaker's from the former Speaker's house. Is how that should read. Come on, guys, I can pr- I can proofread for the New York Post in real time. <clears throat> There's even an improv performer. The 12 directors who were supposed to oversee fallen Silicon Valley Bank and prevent the catastrophic errors that threw the entire banking system into jeopardy on Friday might not be household names, but they are facing a series of investigations into their collective role in its collapse. A post-examination of the board reveals it did not jive with Silicon Valley's young image. Only one independent director is under 60, while the oldest is 78. SVB touted its diversity, though, noting in its 2022 proxy statement that 45% of its board are women. In addition to other diversity, like one black member, (laughs) one LGBTQ plus member, and two veterans. Goodness gracious. SVB Financial Group, the bank's parent company, pointed Tom King, former CEO of investment banking at Barclays, to its board in September as it touted $214 billion in assets and more than 7,700 employees worldwide. The group is now composed of seven men and five women, or 41% female. The group's lack of banking expertise is likely to be a focus for investigators. Just one current member has had a career at the top of the investment banking world. What is clear is that the bank and much of the board burnished their democratic credentials as part of their strategy. They donated to Obama, Clinton, President Biden, and local Democratic congressional reps, including Pelosi, as well as political action committees for Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Mark Warren, a longtime member of the powerful Senate Banking Committee. How convenient. This is not corrupt at all. Such contributions went hand-in-hand with the bank's business model. Quote, Everyone knew it was the go-to bank for woke CEOs, one source told the New York Post. They knew they were aligned politically. The companies SVB loaned money to all had a woke agenda. Here's a who's who of the failed SVB board. Director Kate Mitchell, 64, is a Hillary mega donor who was so upset by Donald Trump's 2016 victory that she went to a shrine 
in Kyoto that Thanksgiving. I prayed for me and us to get beyond our grieving and shock and to figure out how to engage and listen to what happened and come back together, Mitchell told CNBC. The prayers came after she had donated $50,000 to the Hillary Victory Fund. Prior prior to what's that? She just threw that money away. Prior to the election, apparently they threw a lot of people's money away. Prior to the election, Mitchell celebrated how 97% of technology companies' employees' donations were going to Clinton. Quote, 97% support Clinton is mind-blowing and really suggests that we're pounding the table. We think her business policies are going to be friendlier. That is absolutely not accurate. God, Hillary Clinton's such an ugly freaking woman, dude. What a nasty biatch. <clears throat> Mitchell was a prolific donor in 2016, but much less generous in 2020, donating only $593.33 each to Democratic parties in Minnesota, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. A veteran venture capitalist who co-founded Scale Venture Partners, Mitchell has been on the SVB board, SVB board since 2010. She's been an outspoken advocate for venture capital, chairing the National Venture Capital Association and traveling frequently to Washington, D.C. to lobby for Silicon Valley. She also takes credit for co-authoring legislation on initial public offerings in 2012 that made it easier for startups to get publicly traded. The San Francisco resident also prides herself on championing diversity, co-founding Venture Forward, which focuses on, quote, advancing opportunities for women and underrepresented minorities in the venture ecosystem. And despite the largest failure of corporate governance at a bank since the 2008 financial crisis, Mitchell advises the Rock Center for Corporate Governance at Stanford Law School. Learn how to be a boss from doing improv. This reminds me of the bimbo that was gonna gonna be the head of the uh, misinformation oh, yeah. deal. She did improv as well, and she looked as dense. And I mean, <laughs> could have possibly been a man at one time. Not only that, though. Like what? I mean, okay. I'll just that. Mm. It's so hard sometimes to bite my tongue. Board member Elizabeth Busy Burr splits executive success. She's now the interim CEO of Rite Aid, who will, okay. Go under. Yeah, we'll see how that fares. Dude, that would be like taking, like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to make an apropos sports analogy. That's your your, uh, field, but, or your area. But, I mean, dude, you. Uh, so at first I want to say it's like you lost the Super Bowl, but you never even got anywhere remotely close to the Super Bowl yeah. to lose the Super Bowl. And why would any team want this idiot? Rite Aid? Which no. The Rite Aid's here, I think, closed down. Yeah. A while ago. Yeah. And yeah, she'll definitely bring <laughs> you guys out of the ditch. Yeah, they'll, 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 Don't worry. With her in charge, they'll be back open soon, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Wink, wink. <clears throat> Anyhow, she's now the interim CEO of Rite Aid after Hayward Donegan exited in January with a rare hobby, improvisational theater. The 61-year-old credit, like Michael Scott, the 61-year-old credits being an improv trope for taking her to the top. Quote, I've learned a lot from doing improv, and it's influenced how I think about leadership. (laughs) Really? Okay. (laughs) She, she She told Authority Magazine in February 2021 before joining SVB's board months later in November. No, I'm just like doing improv. How would that... Help how would that influence leadership? how you think about leadership? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I've never done improv. <clears throat> her woke credentials are not in doubt. In the same interview, she detailed how she saw her role as director as be- being about forcing companies to embrace diversity. Quote, it's not enough to just report the numbers. Instead, we need to demand a deep look at, a, at company culture. What are the informal networks and behaviors that su- support the status quo, Burr said? Discuss this at the board level and hold management teams account- accountable for real change. How How is that applicable to finance? How can that benefit the end, u- the end user or the depositors in the, the realm of, yeah. of what you were doing in finance? It can't. It's not possible. Right. It's the opposite of what a reasonable person would do. Of course, we know that, that w- that's what these morons right. do. What's that? No, I was just going to read the next one. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Garen K. Staglin, who was elected to SBV's board in 2012 as another serial Democratic donor. He owns the Staglin family vineyard, a 61-acre certified organic property in Napa County, 
the 2019 Cabernet, Cabernet Sauvignon retails above $300. The 78-year-old and his wife, Sherry, bought the estate in Rutherford in 1985, putting them in an elevated company less than 15 minutes away is the Napa Valley estate owned by Democrat speaker or Nancy Pelosi and her husband, Paul. I wonder if that's where he got hammered. <laughs> in, more, in more ways yeah. than one. Staglin has donated to Pelosi, but has reserved his biggest donations for national figures. He gave the Biden Victory Fund $10,000 in 2020, spent 54, 000, or sent 54000 to Clinton's uh, Hillary Clinton's Victory Fund in 2016 on top of 25000 the previous year. Back to Obama with thirty-five thousand eight hundred dollars in two thousand eleven, and gave the Democratic National Committee ten thousand dollars last year. Oh yeah, he's a key player, dude. He hooked him up. Oh yeah. There he is at his vineyard. That looks that's underground there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What do you call that? The wine cellar. I don't yeah. know. You can see the refrigeration in the back. Obama official caught in Race Road. Most politically connected independent director is Mary J. Miller. The 67-year-old was Obama's undersecretary for domestic finance at the Treasury Department from March 2012 to September 2014. In her role, she implemented the Dodd-Frank financial reform legislation that set the regulatory framework in which SVB operates, meaning she would have to, I'm sorry, meaning she would have expert insight into thinking of regulators dealing with the now-shuttered bank. But her own attempt at a political career ended in a disaster in 2020. A longtime Baltimore resident, Miller ran to become the Charm City's mayor in 2020, but finished third in the Democratic primary after an extraordinary race row. A political action committee working on Miller's behalf, <laughs> this is funny, sent an explosive email to potential, donor, potential donors saying her campaign strategy was to target white voters, which would leave the two African-American candidates to split the city's majority black vote and clear her a path to victory, local station WBFF reported. Confronted with the email two months before the primary, Miller insisted that the Political Action Committee Citizens for Ethical Progressive Leadership had nothing to do with her, saying in a mea culpa that this is not who I am. It did not help, Miller implied. I'm sorry. Miller limped in with just 15.6 of the vote among Democrats. And I want to revisit this for a second. The Political Action Committee Citizens for Ethical Progressive Leadership. Hmm. That's an oxymoron. And and because, again, the the whole board that we've discussed thus far is is all about the diversity. Their website, and we'll cover that in a second, is all about diversity. And you want to fixate on the white people to win the vote. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, so the the, the one actual banker, we we don't need to discuss his his accolades, only because uh, he's... Probably not the one primarily responsible. Well, I I can guarantee you he's not the one primarily responsible for the failure. The idiots we just outlined probably have most to do with it. And that brings us to some of the uh, stuff from their website. Yeah, proactive guidance for the. So, yeah, these are excerpts that we'll read. They're they're graphics from their actual website and... uh, so where was the really, yeah, living our values, SVB's values, guide our actions from our approach to supporting small businesses and community engagement. And every, there's not a single white male in any of this. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a dyke right there. Asian woman, black woman, black man, two black men. Your relentless that, partner for unlocking greater possibilities. Uh, let's see. Diver- there it is. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. We believe inclusion ignites innovation. I uh, well you okay that's yeah. fine living our values here's some more minorities holistic benefits that meet you where you are physical well-being mental well-being financial well-being yeah it's it it, it just lo- all the graphics are just exactly what you expect only thing is though the executive team is all white it absolutely is all white men one two yeah so like I said earlier there's only th- three well, females these are all old white guys. With the CEO of this Broadway musical being, of course, the baldest, whitest dude on the planet, a businessman from 1952, would feel instantly at home in the executive suite, earlier pronouncements notwithstanding, but he's not wearing a tie. No, sir, that would be not an invasion, maybe even exclusionary. President and CEO, <laughs> Greg Becker. Wow. So there you go. That is 
Blue Collar Blacklist's explanation of the SVB bank failure. Maybe we'll have more next week as more develops. And that's right. You're listening to Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. You can find us on the web at, what is it again? Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast.com. Info at bcblpodcast.com. No. What is it again? Our email address? Dude, this is so unprofessional of you. We're supposed to be the excellence in podcasting, the height of professionalism, by the way. Info at bcblpodcast.com. Find us on the web, bcblpodcast.com. That's it. Boom roasted. And we're on True Social, Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. I haven't been active on there here for the past couple of weeks. I've been working on the other end of this, editing. But <clears throat> And this was a good one. Um, this is a... Uh, goodness gracious. This And this is an old school nut bar scumbag. Bimbo sack of crap. Uh, Jane Fonda is on the potentially the world's worst show. The most irrelevant show. The View. Yeah. And so uh, we'll just play this and then we'll uh, we'll discuss it. This is this is Jane Fonda on The View. We have experienced many decades now of having agency over our body, of being able to determine when and how many children to have. We know what that feels like. We know what that's done for our lives. We're not going back. I don't care what the laws are. We're not going back. I think the women will rise up. That's the activist. That's Jane speaking, yeah. and, and 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 she probably will get a Nobel Prize. But it's very, the truth. Very, very soon. It, it is the truth. But we're I, not going to do it. Besides, besides marching and and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, well it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> murder. <laughs> She's kidding. Wait a second. She's just oh, kidding. Don't say that. That's oh, not... you don't know. They'll pick up on that and yeah, just run that's with the it. Worst. She's Joking. just kidding. I don't understand. So. Is she going to get the Nobel Peace Prize for for promoting murder? Or? I don't. I mean, the, the clip, and the I, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm confused. The clip wasn't over. We're just buffering. The thing is, is that we have good Wi-Fi here. Yeah. The where I'm confused is that because they're they are committing murders. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it's e- either way you slice it, but. Uh, and it, well, if it's buffering, we'll, we'll give it a second. But again, height of professionalism here. Well, let me talk to you about. Let me ask, <laughs> let's move on and talk about Jane's activism, which is yeah. legendary. Legendary. Start that over. I want to hear that whole thing again. experienced many decades now of having agency over our body of being able to determine when and how many children to have we know what that feels like we know what that's done for our lives we're not going back i don't care what the laws are we're not going back we're not. So did you see the way that she looked at her when she said she was joking? Yeah. She, she didn't like she that one bit. Thank God. Oh, yeah, she didn't like that one bit. Like, uh, and the, 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 which the thing is, uh, we've had decades of being able to choose or have uh, what you say determine when and where we what we do with our bodies. Yes, you do. You you have the ability to choose who you sleep with yeah. and who you let inseminate you. That's your your choice. Nobody's forcing you to do that. And so. Um, of course, they'll try to relegate the widespread use of abortion as a form of birth control, so rape and incest. And that's obviously not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what you're talking about, unmitigated abortion in the form, in the form of birth control. But they laugh. It's funny. Yeah. Could you imagine if the roles, if, if because one of the things that they're talking about right now 
and it will actually, uh, Camilla Harris's husband, he will actually be up next talking about it, but, uh, quote unquote, overthrowing the government. Like if you, if you had like people talking in that context and using the term murder in reference to anybody, that this would be national outrage by the left, but you know, I'll just laugh this off on this nationally syndicated garbage trash show. But yeah, that, uh, which I mean, that's very stereotypical. This isn't abnormal. A, a mentally deranged, psychotic, murderous leftist. What else is new that glorifies and, san- and sanctions uh, wholesale murdering of the unborn? Uh, all that to say, we that segment was called Jane Fonda's a piece of shit. So, oh, I forgot. There's a bleep button, but no need. That was this weekend that segment. So, moving on. Uh, second gentleman. I don't even know. I'm confused. This is on Breitbart. Second, the headline is Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff compares school board meetings to the Holocaust. Why is his last name not Harris? I don't know. And who's the first gentleman? <laughs> Jill. I don't. I don't know. I'm just messing oh, I mean, around. I know. Just, I know. I'm being stupid. But anyway, uh, so. Second gentleman Doug Emhoff compared the quote hate at public school school board meetings Wednesday to that which motivated the Holocaust in which the Nazis exterminated six million Jews and millions of other people. Emhoff was speaking at the South by Southwest Conference, a trendy gathering of tech savvy entrepreneurs and artists in Austin, Texas. He was interviewed by the Simone Sanders, the former spokesperson for his wife, Vice President Kamala Harris. She dipped out because Kamala Harris is a huge piece of garbage and they had conflict i mean all these staffers had conflict with camilla harris and they all they all bolted she was probably too pilled up and they just couldn't take it anymore that would be a a safe bet among other topics emhoff discussed the ongoing challenge of anti-semitism in doing so he recalled visiting auschwitz the concentration camp where the nazis forced inmates to perform slave labor and where 1.1 million people were murdered some were subjected to horrific medical experiments it sounds like the same thing that jane fonda was just promoting but we will listen to the rest of this so you don't have to listen to me read. And there's there's two. One of them has the full uh, statement about visiting Auschwitz. That's the first one. You can scroll down to the second one. That'll kind of just the that'll cut off about the first minute. The one posted by Greg Price on Twitter. To talk about how we can combat hate and anti-Semitism. I also met some Ukrainian refugees who were there. Uh, and we need to support them. And I met one woman who was Can you pause saved that? in the... Why do we, why do we have to support why, them? Why? And how can we do that? Explain to me, outside of not complaining about you taking our money and blowing it and stealing it and letting it come back to American politicians, because that's all he's really saying is, yeah. people need to stop complaining about American politicians being American politicians and screwing them over as they've done for decades. Stay silent about that. Thank you, sir. I have another is what you need to say. So, and because to combat hate and anti-Semitism. As a Jewish person, how many times have you been the recipient of debilitating, hateful, anti-Semitic rhetoric? Um, never that I can ever think of. That's my question. Yeah. Where where the hell is this occurring that we can have any significant change in efforts on our behalf? A regular American person's... What, yeah. what is their obligation and duty to find this fictitious nonsense to combat it? Uh, where is it? I Nobody know. knows. So... We need to fixate on the nonsensical idea that we're going to combat hate and anti-Semitism. That's real, yeah. dude. Look at the shambles the country's in because the the administration that your clown ass wife is is the second yeah. second in command, second the highest in the country. This is the shape we're in, and this is where you choose to hang your hat. This is where you plant your fa- flag on combating hate and anti-Semitism. Are you kidding morons. me? Oh, it's it's absolute, dude. It's so patronizing. But again, he's he's playing to the crowd there, to at least to some degree. But this this dude looks like such a he looks like a cigarette salesman. Like, do you know what I'm saying? I gotta bite my tongue. Well, go ahead and hit it. The Holocaust in Germany settled in Ukraine and is now a refugee again back in Berlin where she originally left as a, as a Jew in the Holocaust. So you can't, these are the stories that are happening out there. And so this stuff is so important. This hate is interconnected. You see it in the discourse in the country right now. You see it in the, in the divide that we have. Pause it again. The hate is, it, so wait a minute. 
The hate is interconnected to the rhetoric in the United States right now. How does that work? And how? my question is, too, how do people get away with just saying this completely obvious bullcrap and nobody says anything? That doesn't make that, number one, it's not true. Number two, it doesn't even make any sense. It's, and that's why I'd love to be able to sit in front of some, some this, yeah. this guy. Explain to me exactly what, what you mean by that. Because, dude, the Anzoff Battalion over there that you guys, you hated, but now glorify, because and they are actual Nazis. You realize this. We've yeah. covered it before. They're actual Nazis. And it's been proven that there's connections to the Nazis of, of the World War II era. And they have swastikas. They have it all. They've got the talking skulls. They have all the Nazi... Uh, Tattoos, the the flags, all the memorabilia, and we're just not going to talk about it. But it's 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 the it's interconnected American hate. Like, as a Jewish person, do you appreciate? Like, you disagree with this guy? Yeah. But he likened you to a Nazi. No, I'm not. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Is all no, I'm saying. Like, like, it's the weakest. Yeah. It's the weakest thing that you could ever even come up with to draw attention away from the complete failures of the, the, the dopey policies. administration that your wife is is central in. So anyhow, I'll, I'm sure I'll tell you to pause this five more times in a minute, but go ahead. Just going to the school meeting, you see that, that hate that is out there. We've got to step up and speak out, and we've got to call out the cowards out there. People, as my wife likes to say, these so-called leaders, but she's right, because you can't be in leadership. If you're not going to lead and to talk, God, they don't lead. How can they be in leadership? And the pe- <laughs> they lay on their back. <laughs> the people, the people that are standing up at the meetings aren't the cowards. They're the ones that are trying to get this country back on track. Is is there any left of that? No. Because at one point he said about, I guess it would have been in the longer clip. He yeah. mentioned banning books, and that was a thing. Like at the school board meetings. They're talking about banning pornographic material that they don't want their children reading. And that's absolutely yeah. their right. And again, the schools work on the dole of the taxpayer. Like they and like I said before, you're supposed to be quiet about it and sit there and take this and don't say anything about how we, we take your money, your kid goes here with your your tax dollars in your district that you help pay, we'll indoctrinate them and you say nothing. Or yell lest ye be a Nazi interconnected hateful bigot. <laughs> And like the one guy said, it wasn't even about banning the books. They just need to get them out of the school. Absolutely. I mean, like they, not, yeah, the, yeah. the books still exist. Yeah. And if you want to go out in your own personal time and, and get that crap, yeah, extracurricularly buy the book for your child to read and consume said pornography, man, that's on you. But it doesn't belong yeah, in the school. Exactly. And, and no different than if a kid brought a Hustler magazine in. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Or in your case, a Playgirl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, so anyway. Speaking of uh, Camilla, this is on uh, Gateway Pundit. Haughty, haughty Kamala Harris wags her finger as she lectures Ron DeSantis on Ukraine. Quote, if you really understand the issues, you probably would not make statements like that. So, uh, and this is, so she's on the late show with Stephen Colbert, the most objective, uh, honest guy, right? No, biggest this, show there is. Yeah, he is, dude. So uh, go ahead and play that if you'd like, please. What do you make of um, someone like Governor DeSantis, who, while there is a strain of isolationism all throughout American history, yeah. is saying that this is not in America's strategic interest yeah. to side with the Ukrainians and offer them the material aid they need to defend themselves against an invading power? So... As vice president, I have now met with over 100 world leaders, presidents, prime ministers, chancellors, and kings. And when you have had the experience of meeting and and understanding the significance, again, of international rules and norms and the importance of the United States of America standing firm and clear about the significance of sovereignty and territorial integrity. The significance. Can you pause that? Leave our border wide open. Hey, thank you. Thank you. So I don't have to go on a 10-minute tirade about that single issue. I'm sorry. Continue, please. Of standing firm against any nation that would try to take by force another nation. <clears> if you really understand the issues, you probably would not make statements like that. I, number one, I can't believe she didn't cackle. 
Number two, she she did sound to be at least off her pills. Yeah. Number three, they they're obviously prepping her in case Biden can't can't make it to twenty twenty four. Which and and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying anything like that was complete hogwash. Oh yeah, it was, she but... didn't even answer the question. It, what what would you say to people that say it's not in our best uh, our, our best interest and it's, it, uh, strategical strategic in- interest to offer offer them uh, material aid? She didn't answer that. She no. said, if you go around the world and you meet these leaders and she pontificated about a bunch of hogwash. So you didn't answer the question. What is the benefit to the American people of our involvement there? And so let me decipher what she just said. Uh, the same thing, the same theme as the entire show thus far tonight is that shut up. Don't that's question not. the corruption here. We're doing this and that's all there is to it. I'll try to, because here's the thing. That was her best effort at dressing up that corruption and flowery words, and it was a to me that was a failure. Like it, it's it's no different than the significance of the passage of time, the significance of sovereignty. You don't believe any of that. You don't believe in sovereignty. Look at our, like you said, look at our border. Like, and again, the border is open because of their corruption. Yeah. Number one, number two, we are involved there because of their corruption. So that that's that's all that is. But. <clears throat> She uh, took for her, and I'm not like this humongous Ron DeSantis fan. A lot of people that that support Trump are are completely anti Ron DeSantis. I'm not quite there yet, but I don't like a lot of things he's doing. I don't even like the fact that he would even uh, consider running against President Trump because that's not what's best for the country right now, in my opinion. And he's backed by the wrong people thus far. So, not, not a fan of that. But even still, his accolades are exponentially higher than hers already. Like, as young as his political career is at the level that it is. She, there's nothing she's done. She's done nothing. uh, And so, and and, and to be fair to Ron DeSantis, he's done a lot of great things for the state of Florida. That's indisputable. So, um, for her to even question him, like, sit sit down. The adults are talking. Like, and that's why you're on the late show with Stephen Colbert. Is this a serious matter? Absolutely not. Are you a serious contender for 2024 in a fair race? Absolutely not. Does anybody besides Stephen Colbert pretend to take you serious? Hell no. You're a clown. You're a joke. And that's your Kamala Harris update for the week. And we have one... Uh, what is this we have next? It's it's a... The Citizens Free Press. This yes. ad should run nonstop in 2024. I would use this for the introduction to this week and idiot cross-stars and confuse more on pervert Democrat nutjob wackos. But some people would be upset if we didn't play a regular yeah. intro. But we'll play this, and then we'll roll into it. Because it says, what, what is this on? Citizen Free Press. Yeah. And I can't remember whose ad this is, but it'll play it at the end. Uh, and I've all, I almost thought about switching our intro to this. It's pretty dang good. So here's that. Have you ever boarded a plane and thought to yourself, I hope the pilot is a transgender refugee? Have you ever gone to the emergency room and said, I hope my medical team is incredibly diverse? Have you ever moved to a new city and said, I hope the police department hit its equity goals for the year? If your answer to these questions was no, if you just wanted the most qualified candidates for the job, then you are normal. But we have a lot of very not normal people running America these days. Left-wing politicians believe skin color or gender identity should determine who gets the job. Democrats used to care about the middle class. Now they just care about your race and your gender. And as long as Democrats stay in power, it will just keep getting worse. Stop the bigotry. Stop the insanity. Paid for by Citizens for Sanity. That worked out perfectly. <clears throat> yeah, so this is uh, we're on the Gateway Pundit again, and I'm I'm very confident, almost certain. Uh, Letitia James, New York Attorney General, is the one that said she you know, she campaigned on you know getting Trump. And uh, so, yeah, she was the one that was trying to prosecute him in uh, New yeah, York. See how that worked out on the re- yeah, exactly. So, I'm guessing she's changing gears and doing what they all do. But this plays right into everything else that we've been talking about this evening. Um, 
New York Attorney General Letitia James, goodness gracious, it hurts to read this, to host Drag Queen Story Hour Readathon for children under 12. So, uh, yeah. why do you have to have the drag queen involved? Yeah. Democrat New York Attorney General Letitia James is hosting a Drag Queen Story Hour Readathon for children under 12. That event will take place on Sunday, March 19th, and was announced on James's Instagram account. There's a graphic. Families with children are invited to join. Attorney General James, drag storytellers, and city and state elected leaders. This is how deep this psychotic perversion goes. My office is proud to host a drag story hour readathon. We're inviting families to join us. Jeez. Uh, Why shows up? Quote, fam- oh, there, I'm sure plenty of perverts in New York will. Families and children are welcome. The event consists of four drag story hours. You are welcome to attend one story hour or multiple. Doors will open at 1030 for the first story hour. The event registration page reads. The event is a clear photo op as the registration page also states that, quote, this event is being photographed and or recorded, and by attending this event, your image may be used in photos and videos posted on the Attorney General's social media page and or by other media outlets in attendance. According to Drag Queen Story Hour, the organization behind the event, quote, in spaces like this, kids are able to see people who defy rigid gender restrictions and imagine a world where everyone can be their authentic selves. It... mm. Is is there a, a world where people cannot be their authentic selves? Because to be your authentic selves means that you mutilate your reproductive organs and modify them to something of your life. If that's being your authentic selves, you're free to do that. What you're not free to do to be your authentic self is force people to participate in your psychotic authentic self delusion along with you because I'd never... Dude, I'll be dead before I do that. You'll have to kill me if you want me to get to go to go along with that. If it was death or pretend this is normal, you're going to have to kill me. I'm, I'm serious. I would, ne- I would never submit to this, ever. This is absolute stupidity. No more than if you demanded I talk like a four-year-old. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not talking like that. Nah, I'd rather be dead. <laughs> Screw that. This is stupid. Like, this is that dumb. This is the idiocracy by now. The Washington Free Beacon reports that the event will take place at the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Community Center in New York City and is co-sponsored by the New York, Brooklyn, and Queens Public Libraries. All elected officials attending are Democrats. Go figure. Co-sponsors of the event include council member, nobody cares, another bunch of perverts, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, there's that. Um and one one of the things I know I keep beating a dead horse here, um, and a lot of people actually uh, did watch the guy. It was, surprisingly, people do listen to what I say. I'm kind of shocked, but the uh, so for those that don't know, like uh, I uh, I watch a lot of the, the predator catchers on YouTube, and and I can't even remember his name or whether his channel because they vary because they, on YouTube they get banned. I should be watching on Rumble. I, I need to start doing that honestly, um, and I will under our blue collar blacklisted podcast channel. I think it actually might still be under common man's common sense, but they're both on there, but I think it might, you have to might search under common man's common sense. But anyway, um, I, I just watched it, uh, the, one of his latest ones today and it was absolutely atrocious, but he was making reference to the vernacular that the, the pervert had been using in these groups online, the pizza stuff. Oh yeah. And you know, pizza gate, the terminology that was used in the emails that were leaked, and John John Podesta and the DNC, um, dude, these people are out in the open now. So, um, it, it's it's mind boggling, dude. But the the so the the Attorney General of New York is is going to be reading a drag queen story mm-hmm. hour. Sure. It's just weird to me how they bend to the will of these blatant nut bars, man. <laughs> I, I'm speechless on that one. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. How, how many times do I do I get stymied and, and I have nothing to say? Like, <laughs> this is just—it's gone so far. It's—it's it's just mind blowing. Um, and so, all that to say about being your authentic self. See, some people are allowed. To, only certain types of people are allowed to be their authentic selves. Again, on the Gateway Pundit, Vermont Christian School banned from future sporting events after forfeiting girls basketball game against team with trans player. Hmm. They got banned because they were their authentic selves yeah. and stood by some principles. Now nah, we can't have that because 
You didn't want to live in this person's make-believe world. The Vermont Christian School that forfeited a game in the girls' state basketball playoffs because its opponent had a biological male student has been banned from participating in sporting events going forward. The Gateway Pundit... How would the team, the, the, the girls on the team with the biological male feel if... They were suspended. Right, I'm just saying, like... How, no, 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 no. I'm saying the the players on the team with the biological male. So you're on the team with the bi- biological male. Oh, you yeah. probably sucked the year before, and now because you have a male playing on your team, you make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Like that doesn't I, does that feel like a real victory for you? I'd hope not. Does, doesn't it feel tainted? Like, look, if they put me in, like, let's say you have two daughters. Hey, we're gonna have a makeup contest. Like, then your third daughter helps you. Like, I'm gonna yeah. lose. Or if she helps me, you're going to lose. Well, I don't know. You might be good at applying makeup. I, you know, I don't have any daughters, but but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, cause it's an extremely unfair advantage. It is. And, and so, like, it's not like you were actually the better makeup artist. You just had a female that knows what they're doing help you. It's absolutely. And maybe that's not the best analogy. I don't know. It's a long day. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. So here we go. The Vermont Christian School that forfeited the game in the girls' state basketball playoffs because its opponent had a biological male student has been banned from participating in sporting events going forward. So it says the school has been banned from sporting events going forward, not just basketball. The Gateway Pundit reported last month, Mid-Vermont Christian School withdrew from Vermont's Divisional Four basketball tournament due to a biological male being on the opposing team. MVCS head of school Vicki Fogg explained in a moment, I'm sorry, in a statement, it was unfair and unsafe for the high school girls to play against a biological male. We withdrew from the tournament because we believe playing against an opponent with a biological male jeopardizes the fairness of the game. It does. Yep. And the safety of our players. Also Absolutely. agree with that. Allowing biological males to participate in women's sports sets a bad precedent for the future of women's sports in general, 100%. <clears throat> As reported by the Valley News, the Vermont Principals Association, the governing body for high school sports in the states, released a statement Monday saying Mid-Vermont Christian School violated policies and is thus ineligible to participate in future events sanctioned by them. What policies, though? That's what I'd like to know. I'm sure it's the diversity and equity policy. The ban covers all sports and will take effect immediately. Wow. The result was a determination that policies had been violated at a school level. Thus, there is an immediate determination of ineligibility for mid-Vermont Christian and VPA sanctioned activities and tournaments going forward. Vermont state laws bars discrimination against student-athletes due to their, quote, gender identity. Furthermore, any dispute over trans students' participation on sports teams must be considered on a case-by-case basis. Here is what the Vermont Agency of Education's best practices says. Transgender and... Gender nonconforming students are to be provided the same opportunity to participate in physical education as all other students. Generally, students should be permitted to participate in physical education and sports in accordance with the student's gender identity. What's well, a stupid ass policy? Yeah. Any disagreements regarding trans students' participation on sports teams must be considered on a case by case basis, according to VAE. The association sent a letter to MVCS claiming the school did not meet its policies on race, gender, and disability awareness. Other sports impacted besides girls' basketball include volleyball, golf, cross-country, track, and field. And so, and I haven't thought about this until just now, but like with the undercover mothers, and we, I, I wish that I would have looked prior, and I will look, I wonder what accreditation mechanism MVCS has, and I wonder what accreditation system the school that hosts the transgender player uses. If I can find it real quick or not. Yeah, it's it's actually probably a little bit difficult. They make it obscure and difficult to find on their websites. So it it doesn't, it doesn't appear to me that they have any, any uh, accreditation at all at the the school that, which you would imagine. The the only thing that I kind of thought was if they had had got their foot in the door, like they do at the Christian schools around here and, and how they've done nationwide is that, you know, they were coerced and, and, or being pushed yeah. in a certain direction. But no, it doesn't look like that was the case with this school. I would bet money. I, I would Actually, I wouldn't bet money. I would absolutely unequivocally guarantee that the school with the quote-unquote transgender player absolutely has uh, the accreditation mechanism that's requiring, you know, that, that we discussed with undercover mothers the uh, in AIS. So, but 
Well, uh, and I said earlier we would discuss what you were saying about you know fair elections and this that and the other. And I'll maintain what I've said for a while is that um, the deck is, is stacked. The system is absolutely rigged, but. Um, the voter rolls in every state need to be clean. People should be uh, proactive about pushing. And there's ways that citizen groups can get in and, and do that. And again, that would only mitigate corruption. You, you can't get rid of it yeah. all. But that doesn't mean you don't play the game. But I think in, in 2024, it's going to be, uh, you know, if we, if we want to succeed, everybody is going to have to vote. Like the system would have to be so massively overwhelmed that there would be nothing they could do. And that means, uh, and unfortunately, that would mean early voting, potentially so, uh, a small amount of vote by mail in certain uh, geographical areas, and obviously getting out on vote day. The problem with getting out on the day of in certain states, like you said earlier, that what they did in Arizona um, is most likely going to be a template for them to use in the future elsewhere. And it was pretty, it was not pretty catastrophic. It was absolutely catastrophic and there was no legal repercussions whatsoever. Um, because the courts primarily are on their side. We're going to finish off on the gateway pundit. And I, I say all that to say this, that, um, nothing's impossible. Historic upset in Netherlands as farmers movement trumps ruling WA World Economic Forum rhinos. If you remember those protests where they had the tractors clogging up yeah. all the roadways and everything else. And what it was, they, they were protesting the heavy-handed, uh, moronic, insignificant, backwards, completely pointless, overbearing, business-choking uh, environmental regulation. So... As the article says, a political earthquake hit the Netherlands Wednesday in the wake of massive farmers' protests at the, at the upstart. Farmers' Movement Party passed the ruling People's Party in provincial elections. Quote, nobody can ignore us any longer, said Farmers' Movement leader Caroline Vanderplas. The BBB, the Farmers or the Farmer Citizens' Movement Party, rode a wave of protest against the government's environmental policies and looks set to have won more Senate seats than Prime Minister Mark Root's conservative VVD party Reuters reports. The Farmer Citizens' Movement was strongest party in the provincial council elections in all Dutch provinces except urban Utrecht province. The Dutch provincial councils elect the Dutch Senate May 30th where the ruling Rhino government already has no majority, the upstart BBB party, which is the former citizen, move, citizen movement, is now projected to win 15 Senate seats out of 75, passing Prime Minister Mark Root's People's Party with projected 10 seats. The Green Left Coalition also won 15 seats and could still conspire with the Rhino government to force through a disastrous ban on nitrogen fertilizer like the one that wrecked Sri Lanka's economy last year. Nobody can ignore us any longer, BBB leader Caroline Vanderplas told Broadcaster Radio 1. According to Reuters, voters have spoken out cl clearly against the government's policies. In the opposition, Terry Baudet's Forum for Democracy and Jarrett Wilder's Freedom Party are the losers. Baudet came in from nowhere four years ago, but nothing is left of it now. He goes from four to two seats. Wilder's posts a slight loss. He has already acknowledged that there is nothing to do against the BBB. Belgian VRT wrote. Congratulations to BBB, Wilders wrote. We hope to keep our five seats in the Senate. The coalition has rightly received a major blow. The cabinet had its day, and the PPV is, has the best time ahead of it. Activist Eva Vlanderbroek, formerly of the right-wing Forum for Democracy, called the results really bad news. However, warning of a rhino-left coalition, quote, the first election results are in. The ruling party suffered some losses, but with help of the Labor Party and the Green Left, they will still be able to form a majority in the Senate to pass nitrogen policies, including expropriation. We're in it for the long haul. Again, all that to say, like, so the rhinos there, like here, were backed by the same dirty money, the World Economic Forum and the globalist elite. And they still are gaining ground because the people are fed up. But yeah. I guarantee you there, the percentage, the, per, the people, the percentage of people participating is more than like grants. It's, it's smaller and there's, there's variety, but it's higher than the general participation yeah. right here. And, and that's, that's my take on that. Do you got anything else, Captain Reverso? If not, we will yeah. call it a show. Um, thank you for listening. If you made it this far, uh, Buford is doing a lot better. 
Um, he won't be back next week or probably even the week after, but we expect him back hopefully inside of a month. He still has a, a long way to go and some physical therapy to, to do, but uh, he'll be back um, hopefully, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, if you listen this far, as always, I have to implore you, please, uh, if you haven't left a, a rating, please do that. If you're on uh, Idiot Book, a.k.a. Facebook, I'm not on it. Don't recommend it. But if you are, please share our show on there. If there's any conservative groups that you're a part of, um, spam spam it all out there. Annoy annoy people with it. Uh, it would it can't hurt. Um, and, uh, yeah, all that. And join us next week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you all. about it they'll show you the door cause nashville ain't got any balls anymore they cast you aside hope you'll tough tail and leave but you ain't ever met an old boy quite like me well i'd rather be real than put on a fake show but that's too true for rage